Welcome to the Reading Aloud Podcast, a place where the creative, emotional, and hilarious aspects of relationship communication are explored in real time by a real couple. That's us. And a baby. (laughs) Enjoy. So I want to know your favorite songs from the new Beyonce album. Oh, not fair. I haven't listened to the whole thing. Oh, okay. Well, let me just say for myself then, it takes a while to like truly consume a whole album. And, you know, it's been a while now since there's been like an album release and I've gotten really into it past Beyonce releases like I I liked it I was into it but I didn't get kind of like totally immersed in it you know Lemonade it took a long time for us to watch and like you know it was just it was just like I wasn't as connected to it but for some reason I was tuned into this one and I listened to it all weekend and I'm I'm I love it it's like it's so it's such a mixture and I'm not a music critic so I'm not very eloquent in saying all this but to me it's such a mixture of styles and blended with her voice being like this is authentically who I am um that's definitely her brand that's it's it's very much her brand but like the the mixture of styles that of of music mm-hmm. like it's all over the place like there's again like it's hard for me to say because I'm not a professional at this but like it's there's like disco in there there's like uh, dubstep there's like you know funky Chicago-esque beats like I don't know mm-hmm. there's just all different kinds of musical genres and styles and um, they got range she got they got range mm-hmm. she got does range uh, uh, yeah which is what makes her just queen bee you know yeah. I mean it's like she just has so much range and it's so incredible to watch and just like you said her living authentically I just I find her so unapologetic and it, it it's incredible to watch it's in, incredibly inspiring and you know I don't know her personal life but she really holds steady in the public eye and her life has many has had many twists and turns and just the steadiness that she has and maybe one day we'll get to know a little bit more about her yeah you know how you see and it's kind of what was your favorite song from the okay so my my two favorite songs are cozy Mm -hmm. and church girl okay cozy when i hear that beat it just it brings me back to like a real exciting time in my life Mm. like you know a time Mm -hmm. when I mean, frankly, a time when I was partying a lot, but frankly, it was just like a, a free, very free, free like, mm-hmm. wasn't my favorite time period of my life overall, but like, it, it just brings it me back to that. It had some big highlights. Yeah, yeah it brings yeah. me back to like, dancing at, at like, festivals and okay. parties yeah. and yeah. Yeah. So the topic for today is Neo, as of yesterday, is 16 months old and approximately... Oh man, I what? just thought, I had an idea... For we need, I was gonna, I was gonna do like a story or something to where we get him like a little toy car, like his little car for oh, his 16, 16 months. months. Anyway, he I has totally a little spaced car. on that. He does, and we could do a little story, like wrap it up in a bow and be like, I don't know how go, much Neo. these things cost, but I have always, I always wanted a power, a, like a, is yeah. it power wheels? Are they called? No. Are they called power wheels? Yeah. The ones that are you sit in and they go. And they go. Yeah. I mean, I think he would nail a power wheels car. Oh, he would. 
not I mean he just would crush it even I think he could almost handle it at this age oh 100 percent yeah okay so we need to look up strider bikes and power wheels and see yeah, how see much if we can these, find a used one or how much or they something. cost yeah. yeah okay cool I'm sure they're all very expensive so okay so the conversation has been so of course the conversation has always been do we want to do this again? That's always a back of the mind conversation. I think yep. for anybody who's at all interested in having kids or just even floating the idea, you talk about it, you talk about how many, you talk about all the things. You know nothing, right? We know nothing. We, uh, we learned that, you know, just as well as anybody else when we were dealing with infertility. So here we are at the 16-month mark. I would say about a month ago, maybe it wasn't even that long, I started to have the most clarity I've had about whether or not we should have a second kid. And what I mean by that is prior to that time, I would, there were some days I was like, absolutely. And then there Mm -hmm. were other days I was like, there's no way. And I think the overarching felt sense since we met Neo is that I have always had the sense that he's a sibling, which is interesting because I don't have siblings. And so I don't know what that means other than it's intuitively, I feel that he is a sibling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have that sense about him? Well, yes. And I think it, for me, it comes from the fact that he is just super social. Mm-hmm. He is so much more grounded and, I don't know how to put it other than just saying well-behaved, but like that doesn't feel like accurate. But anyway, he's more well-behaved. Well, he's like more centered and grounded. He's more centered and grounded when he's interacting with people. And it just, I mean, even for example, when we got Pleat, like I've joked, like Pleat's a little bit free babysitting because those two just play. Mm-hmm. And especially as Neo's gotten older and kind of can run around. They just play, and I don't need to watch them. They're on the couch, like, wrestling, and I can do dishes. Mm -hmm. And it just feels like that he's made for that. I think the grounded piece is probably what I'm tuned into more because I – I was an only child and that feels like a good fit for me. And I was also very social. So it's, but, but I also think of it like that, like he just does well with others. And so I, yeah, I don't know. I just feel it. I really do. Okay. But this up and down thing about being back and forth and like, that's not a solid feeling for me. Like on days when things are going smoothly, I'm like, yes, we could totally do this. And then on days when things feel very challenging, I feel stressed or we feel overburdened and we can't connect and all the things are just feeling disrupted that I feel like it was not a no, no, but like a, an oh shit or like a this doesn't feel possible like that never felt good to be up and down and I definitely have needed to wait until clarity came so here we are at 16 months and you know again two three weeks isn't a terribly long time but it's on the back of feeling like it's always been a yes I've just waited to to know for sure and now I feel like I know for sure that we want to do it again yeah with that We've got a couple of things going on. We have our egg in the egg bank that is genetically normal. That's a lot of assurance about the health of the baby. Right, right. What we don't know is how my body will respond to taking that baby. Right. I don't know how official this is, but what I have heard is 
you know, the longer a baby's in a, in a bank, kind of that the chances might be less. And it, it's only been a year or two years. It's only been two years. Yeah, I'm just, I'm not sure about that. I think what I remember about that is it's, after a certain point, like there is kind of a cutoff and maybe that's like 10 years, but like after that, it really, it does start to decrease a little bit. I think for the first several years, it's, it's pretty equal. Like there isn't. I feel a, like you're yeah. making this up. Do you know this? I no. I mean, I'm not, I don't have any sources to cite, but that, that is what's in my memory. Okay. Like we've been told that before. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, either way, you know, Neo was not a freshie because they didn't do a fresh transfer, but they did it one month later. So he was frozen temporarily. So we have the egg in uh, frozen that we know is genetically normal. Right, right. And then nobody told me to get off birth control, but I certainly feels like the right thing to do as my body prepares to get pregnant again. I don't, I don't want to get off birth control. It makes sense to me. Yeah. I don't want to get off birth control the month or whatever before we have the baby. It changes like, I mean, yeah, it changes the hormones in your body, and you're trying to prep your body to get pregnant. I mean, it's not that people don't get pregnant while on birth control, but like, I don't know, it just feels like we want to give oursel- ourselves the best chance possible. Yeah. I want to talk about that cycle of hope and disappointment again. So we have our fertility series from a couple years back where we recorded week by week how we felt as we were trying. And there was such an up and down. It was such a roller coaster. Hope, waiting, anticipation, disappointment, freedom, hope, waiting, pain, struggle, arguments from like, you know, it's time to try. I'm not in the mood. Doesn't matter try have we ever told the story about the time you went camping while i was ovulating maybe i mean we're getting we're literally getting like in the hundreds of podcasts reported so maybe somewhere in there we've told it but i well i was i was on a flight yesterday with the obgyn (laughs) and and she was she's like you know we were talking about oh you're headed to Asheville. you live in Asheville. she's like yeah i was like where do you work what do you do she's like obgyn and we were talking about fertility and you know whatever her experience my experience all of it etc and I jokingly said you know there was a time that I put some in a plastic baggie and popped it in the freezer oh, that's right I don't even know if I put it in the freezer because you were I was going be- on a men's trip right mm-hmm. yeah a pre-planned yeah men's and it was right trip. when I was ovulating and that's the level of absolute desperation that Mm. I was like, I can't go a month without trying. Like we can't lose that month. And I was so disappointed. And it was like, I even talked to our friend who's, uh, who works on a farm, who is working with animals and their, Uh and reproduction. And I was like, explain to me this turkey baster sitch. And he was like, (laughs) it's not going to work. (laughs) And I was like, tell me the best shot I have. And he was like, you know, he kind of gave me some instruction and of course it didn't work. But here we are in this window. I'm not on birth control and I'm fucking disappointed again. Yeah. Like we had a month where it was, uh, it was ovulation station and it was go time. Yep. And I'm fucking pissed. And, And you didn't get pregnant. And it sucked. Yeah. Yeah. It sucked. Yeah. And I even texted my girlfriend, who is my go-to person for this, and I was like, I was like, ovulation plus lots of hot sex does not equal a baby. And she was so sweet with me. Mm. 
you know she's like i'm so sorry she didn't say well at least you have an egg in the genetically normal in the bank yeah you know and she was like it's okay she didn't say it's okay she was just like it's so disappointing yeah you know and then i had somebody say like well why would you set yourself up for that kind of disappointment and i'm like it's not a setup it's like it's not it's not an option it's and it's an on well maybe you knew this i mean i had a sense of the timing but it i can say for a fact it was not a vocal active conversation yeah, we between were like us. i'm ovulating Let's exactly go. exactly like it was not that i think both of us new to a certain extent maybe you more than me but it was still like it was i could not help having that those thoughts and feelings of like oh i wonder if we got pregnant right well because after the fact we both kind of looked at each other like a a couple days in and we were like you know you know that was probably ovulation time and you were like oh i had that thought it's like that's how inherent it is it's like we know these cycles so well that we're like yeah i knew i knew that right and then subsequently both of us were like yeah we could be pregnant you know and it's like it isn't a choice and that's what that was the fucking horror of it in the fertility process was you can't unless we were abstinent always or for an entire month you couldn't actually go an entire month without thinking that maybe because people are like oh sometimes it, they get pregnant bef- you know it's before they're ovulating right. but it's a couple days and the 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 girl swimmers or the guy swimmers swim, swim fast and the girls take a long time so maybe you know they lasted and or, you know, I thought I was done ovulating, boom, pregnant. Like, there really isn't a month you could go. So we had no relief from that. And here I'm in this situation again. And similar to the question of, like, why would you set yourself up for that? I feel like, why am I setting myself up for that? And I'm just consistently reminded, like, it isn't a choice. It's not a choice. Yeah, it's not like you're making this decision, like, I'm here, I'm I'm trying, and if I don't do this, then I let all aspects of like hope or thought that it might occur go you know if i don't do it within this window it is so varied and in that variedness there is certainty that you will have emotion mm-hmm. right so here's what i know is that this is going to have to be a part one conversation because there's so obviously so much more to talk about but here's what i want to say is that it is amazing how challenging it is. And it's funny because as soon as we did IVF and we got those statistics on just that one, that was just a single sample, right? 10 eggs, seven went to blastocyst phase. So they were fertilized or nine got fertilized. Seven went to blastocyst. Three of those were not compatible with life. Four were compatible with life too genetically normal, too genetically abnormal. I mean, when we whittle that down, I think a lot of people have much less like what they would call success or fewer eggs, fewer blastocysts, all that. So they were like really excited about how much it turned out with 10 eggs to start with. But what I know is that at the end, we only had two genetically normal eggs. And so that makes me, and we said this, that makes me nervous to try without this, like we have that genetically normal egg and there's some a lot of assurance there again about the baby and it makes me nervous to try. And yet here we are kind of trying. Yeah. I mean, the way that I hear that and, and it makes me think about is when you really like going through the IVF process, I think tuned us into just how much more of a miracle it is 
that, you know, we, we get pregnant and, and how different that is than what we're taught. And I'm not saying we're taught wrong, but you know, we, we, you come into the situation thinking that like, if basically if you have unprotected sex, you're going to get pregnant. You know, that's probably a good starting point <laughs> for, for teenagers and younger folks. That's a great way to start. So I'm not, not advocating any direction on how we educate around this, but I'm just saying like, that was my understanding, like coming into this. And then the deeper we learn and we learn, like we have 20% of the eggs that were extracted were genetically normal and viable with life. And they were like ecstatic about 20%. It is a true miracle. And at the same time, no matter how much we learn and continue to learn how much of it a miracle is, there is almost little to nothing that we can do to take away the emotional expectation and desire that it's going to work every single time. Exactly. It's frustrating in some ways. Like, why can't I move past this? Why does this impact me so much? And especially you, you know, and I'd I'd love to hear, like, how this is impacting you. What are the feelings that are hard? I think because the hope arrives without in trying to, that it then there is the disappointment that follows. So mm-hmm. there's it's hard because when it doesn't happen, if the hope was there, there's something that changes. You know, there's also a hair of relief because getting pregnant sounds, you know, it feels scary. And also a hair of relief of like, okay, well, at least we know that we didn't get pregnant with a baby that might not make it or a baby that is, you know, genetically abnormal that might have, uh, you know, additional needs that we'd have to consider. And so, you know, there's like that hair of relief as well. This is a quite a bit of a rabbit hole that I'll, I'll I'll keep short, which is just like what it means to not get pregnant, right? And there's no specified quote unquote reason why I haven't gotten pregnant. They didn't find it's not PCOS, it's not anything fibroids, anything. And so it's like a little bit of like why can't my body just do it, you know? And I think that biologically there's that desire to have things function well, and I feel really healthy. I've done a lot of work on my health, and so it's like what what's what's like what is I think the question of like what is wrong with me? Yeah, I mean that's when you know, and much of my uh, sadness and pain around this honestly revolves around you, you know, trying to be empathetic, but really feeling feeling sad for how I know this is impacting you. And and that's that's kind of what had come up for me, like knowing that you're having this feeling of like, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it doesn't surprise me that that you would feel that way. I'm, I'm really sorry that you do. And and I think there's just the kind of the joy of the miracle of the surprise or whatever, like everything else is very scientific and scripted. And it's kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm ready for that, like miraculously surprise thing. So regardless, so I wanted to just share something with you because I had a doctor's appointment this morning. And one of the lab findings was that my estradiol, so like is so good. I'm in great place. And that was one of the reasons early on, just context thought, for listeners, yeah. that, that could be the thing because you had very low estrogen levels. Uh-huh. And yeah. Yeah, and so, and yeah. T- yeah, I was taking even like a little estrogen supplement. And so those levels and then one of my other hormone levels were just like, he's like, these are prime. These are prime levels. And he was like, your progesterone's really low. So it was lower than... I think it's ever been maybe or something. I can't, I can't remember. It's, it's underneath the normal range for sure. You know, now that we've done IVF, progesterone's the, what keeps it in. 
right? Like estradiol helps you get pregnant, creates the space, and then the progesterone is what keeps it in. We had one other experience that we felt really confident in 2019 or 18. 19? I think 19. That we were pretty confident that we had gotten pregnant and it didn't it didn't survive. Not a long period, just one cycle. So it was just like fertilized and didn't make it. That was very clear to us then. I had that feeling this past this past period. It came early and it was it was just a I mean, it was the one that if you follow me on Instagram, you see the picture of me having bled through my pants while out shopping with a client in public. Never happened to me before. Could not do anything to contain this period. I had on 18 levels of, of protection and I it still came through my pants. So, And I mentioned to the doctor, I was like, here, here was the sequence of events. Timing, 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 heavy flow. And he was like, looking at your progesterone levels, it seems like you might have fertilized that you might have fer- fertilized an egg and, and it just didn't, it wasn't able to, to survive. And yeah. I was like, that, that's what I thought. Mm. That's what hmm. I thought. And so it's almost emotional to hear in a lot of ways. I think we both had a thought that that could have happened, but you know, knowing that there were some other biological signs there that, potentially could confirm that yeah I mean I think you said it well there of like there's an aspect to that we have maybe yet to experience we have experienced so many miracles and there were so many miracles in the pregnancy and the birth and the IVF yeah and the IVF but there were we have not experienced the miracle of like ease well the the getting pregnant phase mm-hmm. you know and we have in our own way and I, well you know, a lot it's... of people don't have success their first time with IVF so that was a miracle that yeah but so I, I know yeah I'm just saying. yeah so and I maybe think there was some let me let me yeah. let me just say I don't want to be dismissive I want you to share it, it doesn't feel like a miracle to you of yeah the getting pregnant or we haven't experienced that and maybe there's some hope there. Well, I'm just paraphrasing what I felt like you had shared earlier of like, there's magic there that, that you want to experience. And, you know, knowing that it was a possibility again. Yeah, it's just like, I don't know. There's emotion around that. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't describe it any more clear than there's just emotion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, as they say, it's making me feel some kind of way. Mm-hmm. But I don't have all the words for it. Mm-hmm. Well, sure. Yeah, because it's like there it is so close and then something something doesn't doesn't work. And I mean, in this case, if it's true about the progesterone levels, then it was, you know, again, my body just not being in right right form. But and just, you know, I think we've had those experiences that we've talked about a lot where it was like, what was it? Uh, May Day, which is like day the day of fertility and abundance and blessings and it's like you know we've had all these like that was the ovulation and there's like all right this, right like, oh all these synchronicities all yeah. the synchronicities and the like everything felt so right and it was easy and seamless and just really really very like not otherworldly but just so expansive and big yeah. and amazing yeah 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 and then to not have it work it's just like or whatever, you know, these like negative terms aren't really fair because again, we have a child and we, and, and we have, Well, you want to remain, I, I think what you're expressing there is you, you want to remain like 
positive and focused on the things that are working well because they are such blessings. They are such blessings. And at the same time, and I think this is something in our like in our society, you know, we're a little bit overly addicted to yeah, like, but, you know, but and, I think that they're to the throwing the positive on everything. Yeah. But I think that they're, I think that the thing is, is that like, again, getting all those eggs to genetically normal. I mean, every, at every point we were told like, this is a miracle right? down to everything that happened through the birth and the birth itself. There were so many miracles. So yeah. it's not that we're not experiencing miracles. We're not experiencing a type of miracle that we want to experience. And so, you're right. You're right. and yep. so funny thing, you know, I'm going to, the suggestion was a little bit of a progesterone supplement, which is funny because it's really in support of when, and if we do IVF again, later this year potentially is the timeline, right? And it's already August 2nd. So coming up, and we'll talk more about that in part two of this episode. It's just funny because I'm like, okay, well then now we're putting my body in the position to have the one thing corrected that might have prevented this. And it's just like, oh my gosh, won't it be nice to close the door? It will be. It will be nice to know that this chapter of decisions and unknown and waiting is past. Mm-hmm. It will be. There will be some ease after that. Do you think that I'm going to want to have a third kid? No. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Are you sure, sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure, sure. I don't know because like it used to be like f- have fewer kids because of overpopulation, but then COVID hit. And honestly, I feel like a lot of people were like, family's the most important thing in the world. I would like to have another kid. And then multiple of our friends went on to have a third kid, which... You know, I laugh with like one of my best girls. I'm like, you have more kids than adults. And I'm like, you have three kids. I just say it to her often. Sometimes I'll be like, you've got 12 kids, you know? And I'm just like, you have three children. Like it's, it's amazing. And it has been a long time. Like that used to be normal. It's been kind of a long time since I've known anybody with three kids. Yeah. Yeah. Your sister's got three kids, you know? My sister has three kids. It's like becoming a thing again. Yeah. Three's a lot. Three's a lot. Three is a lot. Why wouldn't we have three? I love on like the Bachelor that you know they when they're always, always they're always like I want like five or six kids and I'm like no you don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, they may maybe they do. Maybe but, like they do. I don't know. But I, I yeah I love the fantasy of that and well uh, so, so I never said that I wanted five or six but right right do yeah. you, you would you want three? I mean. <sighs> I don't think I'd, I, I would, I would be okay with three. Of course I would be excited, but not having there, I wouldn't say, no, I'm not, I would never actively pursue three. Let me just say Oh, that. really? Okay. Well, I am interested, I mean, in how the finances are going to work with two. All right. Well, I love you. I love you too, babe. More to come. Thank you, Neo. Hi, everyone. Did you know that the Reading Aloud podcast has a Patreon account? That's right. When you support this podcast through Patreon, you become a part of our Reading Aloud family, and we love our family members. At its core, this podcast is about providing insight and conversations that will support and inspire our listeners to deepen their relationships and build community through conversation. Every week, we receive meaningful feedback on how the Reading Aloud podcast has supported someone through a challenging time. And now we need your support to keep that going. 
Your Patreon commitment not only provides you with curated, fun, and interactive bonus content, it helps us cover the many costs of producing a podcast. Check out our Patreon link in the show notes and see which level you can commit to. And know that we thank you so much for both your listening support as well as your financial support. Thanks, y'all, for listening and participating. We always have a great time with you. And if you enjoy the podcast, please go online and rate, review, share this with your friends. This is the way that we build this community. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.